You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Whitman. I'm joined as always by Emily Connell, Dan Vopone. I ask both of you, first up is Emily, what's your favorite board game? Hmm. Um, the only one that I really play like semi-consistently is Ticket to Ride. Don't so, know what that is. What is it's it? Really, it's fun. You like it. It's like this <laughs> train across America and you get... Hmm each like route is a different color and then you get color cards. So you have to like, say like from like, you know, Philly to Miami is like seven cars. So you have to get seven cards of one color and then you build your train. And then there's like points based on like the different routes you make. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can like block people. Like if you think they're trying to connect two cities, you can like block them. Um, it's cool. Yeah. Never heard it's of it. fun. There's expansion packs. So you can play like across Europe or across like other places, but we just have the basic. Wow. America. Yeah. It's fun. That's great. Dan, your favorite board game, please. Yeah. I can't even tell you the last time I played a board game, but I do enjoy Monopoly. I think it's a good mm. game. It's, uh, it's not a very unique answer, I think, but uh, it's really the only, it's the only one I could think of that I would ever like really play. I don't play many board games. We always skip this part. Steve, what's your favorite? We do skip this part. Um, I like, have you guys played ever uh, Taboo? Yes. Yeah, ta Taboo's a good game. I think I've heard of it, but never played it. So Taboo is like, uh, you and I are on a team. I have a card that says a word at the top that I need to get you to say. And then there are like four words underneath it that I can't say that are words that would come to my mind when trying to get you. Like how that doesn't sound like a board game well i think it i think it would qualify i think that if fans write not in, a board. they would say that it qualifies and i mean like, i like i like playing like catchphrase then like that's a good game i but i would have accepted that as word in it where does like? heads up come into this since you play that with your phone does that is that, that too count. it's not a board game there's no board it's so technologically savvy like you, you have to have games, board games you know like what about mm. card games? I really like Phase 10, but that's like a card game. I don't know what that is either. What are they doing at Delaware? I feel like that's like a new age game, you know? We didn't, we didn't play these at Delaware. These are the games that I play in my old lady life. Like, one for fun on a Saturday <laughs> night. Like, I don't... Go this fish. is what I do. But um, like, me and my friends, like, do this on New Year's Eve. Like, play board games. Sure, no. Code names. That's what we've done. Four in the code morning. names is fun. War. Code names is fun. Um, we get to two in the morning. Dan, let's be serious. Do you make it to midnight? 
We watched a ball drop. Yeah. Yeah. Not that old. Sometimes it's hard though. Dan's out going yeah. coyote ugly. Dan's at the bars trying Especially to break out like, with Andrea. I probably <laughs> work. I gotta work I'm on New Year's Eve. All that. I used to. My sleep schedule used to be I would stay up really late, like like sophomore year of college. Like I couldn't fall asleep before like two in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I'd be doing work until then. But then I wouldn't wake up until like 10 for a class. But even though I was getting eight hours, usually I was still always tired. And I eventually like shifted. And now it's like, I can barely make it to midnight. And I'm usually like 11.30 to 7.30 is my sleep schedule more like that, which is, which is a lot better. I feel like less horrible all the time. I don't know what it is. You would think these mangoritas you drink would get you all jazzed up on sugar. Twisted teas. I don't drink mangoritas. <laughs> twisted teas. I drink, I drink twisted tea. It's my favorite drink. It's a great drink. I have that a twisted tea bathing suit. It's really cool. We should, should we put in a call, have Drew put in a call to Twisted Teas and see if they'll sponsor us? They, if they sponsor us. We talk I'll, about them enough. We give them we enough free ads. I'll and we don't talk shit about myself in my Twisted Tea bathing suit if they'll agree to sponsor us. Wow. There we go. What, a, what an offer. Yeah. I think it's great. All right. Speaking of great, Sixers, they're back. Sixers are back. Uh, they beat Atlanta on Friday night. It was a fun win. They were down. Uh, they played without uh, Tobias Harris. Uh, who uh, had a non-COVID illness, and uh, Ben was out because he was out, and uh, and uh, they were down. And Atlanta's good, and and they were in Atlanta, and they were uh, down for a lot of the game. Joel didn't start the game great, and then he played some of his better basketball for at least a while now. And they won, and I really enjoyed this Sixers game. I was very excited by this win, and you know who was really excited by this win was Joel Embiid, because he went fucking nuts when they won the game. You know, he was defending Gallinari at the end of the game, and uh, Gallo took the shot as, as time expired, and it rimmed out. And Joel was just, like, jumping up and down, pumping his fist, like, thank God we won this game. Uh, I do think it matters to him. I have some quotes that I'll read in a little bit, but uh, I think it matters to him a little bit more when the Sixers are undermanned and they can win, especially when they have a chance to win. And he played well. I was happy to see him play well, happy to see them get this win. Emily, what was your reaction to this game uh, in Atlanta and, and the Sixers getting this win? Um, so I was really happy that they got the win. I unfortunately didn't get to watch the game. So I was just kind of watching on my phone and like getting the updates. I was at a holiday party, but so I, did not have great faith in them. You know, halftime, I think they were down by like 10 or so. And I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. And then I saw the final score come across my phone and I just saw that it was a two point game, but I, it didn't register to me that the Sixers had won because I just did not expect it because the way that things go is the Sixers do not win that game. They just lose it by two points. And like the situation is switched and they miss a three pointer to win the game. And then Jordy like yelled at me across the room of the party. He was like, they won, they won. I was like, <laughs> I was very excited. Um, and then I watched the highlights and yeah, Joel was like literally like a, like a little kid who just like hit, I don't even like a playing T-ball who like hit the ball for the first time, like was yeah. so excited. It was so cute. I think I saw people who were like saying he shouldn't have celebrated that much. And I'm like, get a life, enjoy fun. <laughs> You're not my friends. So I liked it. It was great. Great. Dan, uh, your reaction to this uh, win from the Sixers? 
Yeah, like I mentioned on the Wednesday podcast, I have a big exam tomorrow, uh, Monday. So I was studying. I saw the end. Um, by the end, I mean like the last play. Like I was like, okay, this game is really close. I need to put it on. But I the other thing, by it. the way, before you say that, then I should mention is that Joel hit the game winner. Uh, this, the game was tied. Joel hit a game winner on Capella uh, with like 40 seconds left. Uh, and then they got to stop uh, as time expired. Sorry, keep going. He was he was excited. I love to see him excited too. Like the the team has not been very good lately. It's mostly because he was out. Yeah. But um, you know they they were five hundred um, going into that game, coming off of pretty ugly loss. Um, and you know we've seen in the past when the team just isn't good enough, Joel has disengaged. Um, in the Horford year. Uh, I, I think it was more than just that. There was a lot of stuff that was probably, you know, annoying him that year, but it was great to see, you know, despite he wasn't playing, he hasn't been playing his best. The team has not been playing their best. He wanted that win very bad. Um, and I was glad they got it. And I, you know, was able to spend some time thinking about the game and, you know, scrolling Twitter and, and, and seeing people's reactions about the game before I went to bed. Uh, and, you know, here's a tweet from Lauren Rose and stood out to me, um, Joel Embiid on this, uh, on this Sixers team as it fights to return to full strength. He said, we play hard. We have each other's backs. We have a bunch of guys that care about winning. We all play hard every single night. We're right there, which um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if this is uh, any kind of a shot at anyone or not. Um, it, certainly, it certainly seems like a statement on – this group about having each other's backs uh, and maybe someone who's not having each other's backs. I don't know. Um, but it, it's, it's, I think they have a good team that's clearly a piece away. Um, and, but I like a lot of the pieces that they have that are around that, that like are, are good players that fit playing with Joel pretty well. Um, and I'm glad to see that, that, you know, Joel, is, is still very into it despite the, the tough stretch. Yeah, uh, so another quote that Joe had after the game, he said, in reference to wanting this win in Atlanta, he said, I'm still pissed off about what happened last year. Uh, to win means a lot to me. In our situation, we got about $400 million worth of contracts not playing. Anytime you can get a win under man missing two or three players, it's great confidence for our guys. You know, there has been some conversation recently about uh, a lot of it is jokingly, uh, for sure. Like our friend Porter I, is very funny online talking about how the Sixers should tank the year. Like when the Sixers fall to 500 or that shitty game against Boston, which we talked about the other night because of the Ben thing, which has sort of harpooned the excitement around the team. Um, and then Joel misses three weeks with COVID and all of that. Like for me, it's like, Absolutely not. Like, first of all, the East does not seem won by anyone. Like, Brooklyn is very good. I would pick them to win the title, but they don't seem like they're running away with this thing at all by any stretch, mainly because I, I think what made them so deadly was that they had Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, and they no longer have that. Um, obviously, Harden and Durant are incredible and probably give them the leg up on everybody in the league, but like, you know, Joel is is in his prime, and also like you know the the example that that um, 
people would point to is like the Warriors that like the Warriors, Steph got sort of hurt. They like took a step back. Clay got hurt. They were like, screw it. Let's tank. Like that's a really different situation. You know, Steph Curry is like an otherworldly sort of superhuman guard. It, you, you have a whole different runway with Steph Curry than you do with Joel Embiid. Like you cannot just sort of, and also like, you better be on board. Like, Joel, these quotes and also that sort of reaction after winning, like, the 23rd game of the season, like, Joel's not fucking down to do that shit. Like, which is why I also, you know, we'll talk about Ben later, just in terms of trade stuff. Like, the idea that we're just going to hold on to Ben as a trade chip until the summer is, like, sort of a slap in the face, I think, when you're not trying to win with Joel, when I think it just really matters to him a lot that you try to win, because... It was easy to forget for three weeks when he was out with COVID. Um, and then he's, he's taking a little while to get his legs under him after it really hit him hard. But like the team was really good with just Joel and the rest of the role players on the team for those first 10 games of the year. And I have all full confidence that they will be once he's back up to speed and hitting shots again um, now. And they're, they're right now they're like four games out of first place in the East. Like I, I am not worried about their standing in the conference whatsoever. So uh, I think that any earnest discussion about like going to the bottom of the East this year uh, is silly. And uh, I think jokes about it are fine. I don't have any problem with that, but like anybody that's actually saying let's use this year because Ben wants a trade and because Daryl is being patient, like to go to the bottom, I think is silly and, and is not actually like living in reality with Joel. Uh, Emily, how do you feel about that line of thinking? And, and do you agree? Um, I agree with you. I don't think that it's a viable option to have the Sixers tank the season, mostly because of what you said, like Steph Curry and Joel Embiid are two very different players. And I also don't know that it's, I don't did like the Warriors, like, I don't really know. They did like Steph Curry was kind of like, was he hurt? And then they just didn't have the players. Like, <laughs> we have the players to, what are we going to do? Like tell Joel not to play. Like, that's just not, it's not really a feasible option. Um, and also like yeah. a player like Steph Curry can play a lot longer than a player than like Joel. Totally. So the, the timing of it, you, you can't waste a year with the center like Joel. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not into that. I don't think, and I also just like, don't always, we don't have very good luck with high outside of Joel with high draft picks. So not even that we make the wrong ones, they just turn out unlucky for us. So I'm okay with just not doing that. And yeah, I think we'll be fine. I'm not that worried about it. It's like the first quarter of the season and we've missed Joel for almost like half of it. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Even if people are saying like tank the season, not even for a 19 year old to pair with Joel, but to use that and trade it for somebody like, somebody still has to want to make the trade for that pick, which could be sixth in the lottery. It, it, it just seems like a very uncertain thing. And of yeah, course, and if Joel, God forbid, gets hurt, then you're talking about something completely different. Then you're fucked. Like, then there's no winning the season anyway. Um, but people are, you know, theorizing about just shutting him down and saying, because Ben's out, because Tobias, is, you know, no comment, like all of that kind of stuff, like, just say screw it like I, I just don't think first of all that there's any sort of gargantuan in the east that the Sixers need to like cower to and I think they just need to make a trade get a good player in here and go for it and Joel is like good enough that they should feel like empowered to do that 
Agreed. Danny Boy, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I've said that the idea of, like, and I, I, I believe that, I'm not saying it's, it, it wouldn't happen, but I think that, that, that Daryl possibly holding Ben past the deadline is ridiculous as is. That's how badly I do not want to waste a Joel year, understanding his age, his injury, his injury history. And so, yeah, of course, I'm against this. I mean, uh, it, I also think there's like a, a thing that happens in sports where people, you know, young guys come to the league, everyone's excited about them. And it takes people a while to realize they're not that young anymore. Like, Joel's turning 28 before the season ends. Ben is 25. These are not guys who are comparable in age to the players coming into the league now. Like, Lamelo Ball is what, 20? Right? Like, that's a huge difference. It's a huge, huge difference. And we, we don't have a young core anymore. There's no such thing as that on the Sixers. We have a group of players who are, who are not old, but they're not young. This is their time to win, especially for Joel, who's going to be 28 with, you know, injuries and being huge and all of that. Um, this is a team that's, that's not in a position to waste a year at all and has to consider this a year where they have a shot to win and, and, and act accordingly. Um, and I felt the same way. It's like, I felt the same way with Wentz before we traded him where people are like, Oh, like he just struggled, but like, he'll figure it out. And it's like, he's 27. Like he shouldn't be doing the dumb things he's doing. He's 27. Like he should, that's something a rookie does. And it's like, people still think of like these athletes who they come in, they get it. If they play well when they're young, people, I feel like take time to realize like they're not that young. Like Joel is absolutely not young. Joel, if we're, I would be feel very fortunate to have three more seasons of prime Joel as a player that you can win with as your best player. I think that would be fantastic. You know, if there's no injury, that's probably likely, but you know, who knows? And, and who knows how well, you know, he's going to age and it just would be to me. And you have to think like your goal isn't to have, you know, one season where you have the best chance to win, where you're like, I'm going to go on this one year, and what I mean, and, and you can do that. Like, I'm not saying that it, it would be wrong to like try to maximize this year, for example, if you could like trade a bunch of young guys and get a great player, I'm not saying that, but like, you also have to consider that like, you have probably three years to win with Joel. And if you take one away, you're lowering your chances of winning at least once over those three years, right? Like now you only have two years to do it. And so it's not. already and it's already such a low value proposition winning a championship in the nba it's fucking impossible it's, to do it, yeah it's hard enough and it's hard yeah. enough to get the guy to do it um and you're not going to get in a ben trade you're not going to get a joel level player and i mean the, the only one out there who's not joel level but is even like in the conversation or ever has been is lillard who i don't think is going anywhere and if so we'll is, talk about yeah we'll get to him. We'll, yeah but if you know we can get to it later but he's even if he is you know that doesn't mean he's a sixer anyway like i just i feel like the to, to just hold on and, and have like you know some hope of something crazy happening doesn't seem useful when you can get a decent player right now and be better than you were last year because you have an offense that can play 
in the half court in the postseason. That's yeah. worth a shot. Yeah. Quiz question before we head to a break. Uh, if you know the answer, you are disqualified. Who said that? <laughs> Who said Terrible that? quiz. Sorry. This is how it works. Who said this after the Atlanta game uh, about Matisse Thibault? I've never been around somebody that that is that good of a defender. I know the answer. Dan knows the answer and is thus disqualified from this quiz. Emily, it's hmm. on you. Who said this? I don't this? know the answer. Um, you are now qualified to participate in this quiz. You'll probably get this wrong. Um, I want to say Furcon Corkmont. Incorrect. Damn it. What's the answer? And now, I'm sorry, but you are on mute for the rest of the episode. Okay. Good to talk to you. Um, no, the answer is George Niang, who famously oh. played with Rudy Gobert for a number of years in Utah. So Amazing. Yeah, but nobody likes you. Rudy Gobert. Nobody likes him at all. Did you see though? The reason I guess Burkhan is yeah, the whole <laughs> um Matisse had posted that Instagram of like some quote, some text message that someone sent him and he was like, This is not from Furcon. I just like this picture of us oh, yeah, together. I did see that. And then Furcon commented and was like, Thank you, Tyvel. Like, yes. I did I was see like, that. what a they're a cute little friendship. I like them. I did see that. I also said Tybal like I was Bill Simmons and I wanted to say Tybal and and people are gonna write letters people are gonna write please do because I deserve it that was all Tybal is the way (laughs) people say Tybal when they don't know how to say it and think that's when they're not from here I know why did I do that I don't know I think I was like partially doing it like I had Furkan's accent but like that's also bad and I shouldn't do that so just I think you might be making it worse right now I think I might be it's fine um, I think that Thibault should have vaccinated. I listen. I do too. I think that's a great idea. I think that it's the two of you's fault that the guy who won our most handsome sixer is unvaccinated. Because I picked Isaiah Joe, who, from what I understand, is probably vaccinated. And you guys picked the anti-vaxxer. And I feel like hmm. I feel like you picked him because he was anti-vax and you Ooh. liked that. What an, accusation. More <laughs> what an accusation. What an accusation. I think that's what you did. Hmm. Emily, throwing he goes over here. He is throwing hate. Especially Steve, because Steve is always Especially sending Steve. anti. Steve's always sending anti-vax stuff in our group chat. Emily can vouch. It's true. Mm, well, I do like so. to do my own research. I send you some links. Yeah. I say, listen, if you have a second, read read some literature on this. Uh, I found this on Facebook. I found this on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard of. They're all like dot biz. Yeah, like just <laughs> can you look this over? Um, my aunt sent me this. Um, all right, uh, we're gonna go to a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some players that are not on the Sixers but could be one day. Uh, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, uh, the Blazers, uh, the whole team. The whole team, all of them could be Sixers. We're going to talk about Shea Gilgis-Alexander. We're going to talk to a former Liberty baller. uh, And then we're going to predict the week's games and get the fuck out of here. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're back. All right. So Ian Begley, who has not responded to our DM, uh, (laughs) had a report uh, last week. Now he's never going to. Had a report last week about uh, the Nets. And Kyrie Irving, now Kyrie Irving, uh, speaking of not getting vaccinated, Emily and I think he's very handsome. Uh, he uh, is no closer to getting vaccinated. Uh, still doing his own research, voice for the voiceless, absolutely not, not getting vaccinated. So he's never going to play in Brooklyn again, apparently, unless they like ease the restrictions, which would just be insane. If they just go, you know what, we'd actually really like to win this title, so maybe a little little looser on the old rules here i think that variants would be things are getting better it's not <laughs> yeah, yeah like i think the numbers are sort of going this way so maybe we can cool it anyone who decides is probably a knicks fan anyway so it's true yes there are very few nets fans um uh begley said it is worth noting that uh, as of late last month brooklyn remained open to talking trades involving irving uh sham sharania also backed this up uh, talking to Pat McAfee, basically saying that Brooklyn is open to trade offers. Now, it's sort of just weird to make an offer for Kyrie. Now, it sounds like he does want to play basketball and would play for other teams. There was a weird rumor in the offseason that he would retire, that he shot down. So I think that he would play for other teams. Um, but he certainly isn't getting vaccinated. Uh, only, I think, New York and San Francisco currently have the rule where if you're a player as a home player there, you have to be vaccinated in order to play. Um, Impossible to know what Kyrie's value is right now. Um, Also within uh, Begley's uh, report here was that the Sixers continue to be interested in trading for James Harden, likely in a sign and trade after this season. Harden and Kyrie both have expiring contracts uh, this year. Now, the Sixers now Keith reported that the Sixers are interested in Harden. Uh, Harden somehow made his way onto that list of 30 players that the Sixers are interested in for Ben. You know, we've heard it now enough times that I guess there is something real in the Sixers' interest in Harden, which on one hand is like, of course, no shit, the Sixers want James Harden. But I really want James Harden. Sure. Um, do we think there's anything to this? I mean, the, the Nets are first in the East and are probably either first or second in terms of like title favorites. Um, do we need to like think about this? Because thinking about this would mean that the Sixers don't trade Ben until the off season when they could maybe trade him for a guy who's a free agent who plays on another contender in the East. Like to me, this seems like a real roll of the dice here. Now, Daryl should have very good Intel in camp James Harden, uh, given their partnership for a long time. You know, the Sixers were second on Harden's list uh, when he got out of Houston uh, we'll never know why he didn't end up in Philadelphia, but he didn't. Um, I don't know. I think it's overly risky to bet on a them not winning the title and then b Brooklyn trading him here in a side and trade. I, I don't. I don't know. In terms of trading for Kyrie, I don't. I don't know. You have to find out if he, if he actually wants to play basketball, 
And then you have to find out if he wants to extend on the Sixers because the contract expires in like four months. But as a basketball player, now there's certainly a morally bankrupt part of this conversation where you trade for a guy like Kyrie, who's like spreading all sorts of misinformation for years now, uh, conspiracies not limited to vaccines and like all sorts of horse shit that he's been peddling for Earth years. Is flat. Yeah, just just he's not a big science guy. Not a big science guy, not a big smart guy. <laughs> now, of course, Ben, uh, according to reporting from Ramona Shelbourne, is likely not vaccinated either. So it's not that we necessarily have a leg to stand on there either. But then so, they wouldn't trade for him because he can't play there either. Now he could say now he wants nothing more than to get out of Philadelphia. Now he might uh, say to Brooklyn, I'll get vaccinated for you. He might say to Brooklyn, come on, I'll do it. I, it's fine. I did the research. Was, Give me the shot. Who knows? Was Dan Feldman onto something? Could you imagine? Was that, was that guy onto something? Who knows? Um, I don't know. Um, as a basketball player, Kyrie Irving would be a wonderful player on this team on the basketball court. Uh, all of the other shit is an, I don't know. Um, I think, the Sixers have, through reports, basically said, we're not interested in Kyrie and, and the shit that comes with him. I don't buy that. I don't no. buy it. No. I think that Kyrie Irving is so good and in his prime that the notion that Daryl is just flat out not interested in an in-his-prime point guard who is available for a decreased price right who now. Who is fantastic at basketball. Fantastic at basketball would be a good fit with the Sixers star player and Daryl's just like, nah, not interested. And everybody says a billion times a minute, Daryl doesn't give a fuck about what people are like, like in the locker room or behind the scenes. And he's like, not worried about chemistry. Like all of this adds up to me that like, Daryl would love to trade like Tobias or like Danny or something for Kyrie and get him at like, you know, 20 cents on the dollar. But I don't buy at all that Daryl is just completely not paying attention to the Kyrie Irving situation. Um, I don't really know what my answer is on this, but I certainly would be uh, paying attention to that situation because of how good he is and because he is available. And he's one of the very, 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 very few stars. It seems like the Sixers could get this year in a realistic world. Dan, talk to me. So I have some thoughts on the James Harden. you know, this it's going to be basically impossible for the Sixers to open up a max contract spot. You but mean and sign him out and sign him out, right? Yeah, like if even say let's say he wants to come, right? It, for them to open up a max contract spot is not happening. So basically, Brooklyn has to facilitate the trade, which they're under no obligation to do. And why would they? Like, I understand that maybe Ben is the best player they can get in any signing trade and letting Harden walk for nothing is obviously like not ideal either. If he's going to go to a team with cap space, but if Harden tells you, I'm not coming back, I want you to trade me to the Sixers in a signing trade uh, in, in the off season. Once it's, once he's opted out, um, why would they do it? Like it's going to make the Sixers so much better than it makes them. They know that, right. Even if they're getting, if they're getting Ben, right, would you rather, as the Nets have, you know, Ben and Durant and, you know, maybe whatever you can get for Irving, but you're, you know, assembling a Joel Embiid, James Harden team in the East that also has, you know, maybe could get something for Tobias at that point. Like, 
has some young guys Maxie. like Maxie's looking great. Might have options elsewhere. Like Daryl's going to be all in if he can get his hands on Harden. Like the, the Sixers are going to have a, a, a very good team around them. Why would you assemble that? I would feel better about my chances of that team not existing, but me not having Ben. And I still have Durant. And I still can get something for Irving. And I'm trying to win now. And maybe I can, you know, maybe Harden's second choice is another team that is offering worse than Ben, but I can get something for Harden in the signing trade. If I'm Brooklyn, I prefer that because I don't want a Harden and B team. I don't, I think that team is a huge favorite in the East. I, even with Dur how as good as Durant is, I, and, you know, even if they have Ben, I, I don't think that it's even, I don't think it's even all that close. Is that bad to say? Like, I don't believe in Ben in the playoffs. And if I have Kevin Durant in his prime, I'm not assembling a super team in my conference. I'm not. So, so you're, are you, you're saying that you'd rather him, if you're Brooklyn, you'd rather him walk to any other team and get him for zero than, than put him on nothing. Then give him to the Sixers and get that. Which is a fair argument. I think. Yeah. Why, why would like, because that team is going to be so good. Yeah. Um, And maybe, maybe I'm crazy, right? Like, Maybe you could argue against it, but to me, I mean, it depends who they view as their biggest competition, right? Right now it's the Bucs, right? But I would argue you're creating a team that's much better than the Bucs by trading James Harden to Philly, like, like just better. As, as good as Giannis is, I think that's just a better team. And then the bar becomes that much higher. I don't think Ben Simmons gets you over that bar. Um, I, I don't know. And I, I could be I could be way off on that, and maybe part of it is that I don't as a you know as a team that's trying to you know win a championship I don't see that much value in in Ben compared to just like not having to go through a Harden and B team, um, but I yeah I would be like why like why would I facilitate that trade to one of my top rivals in the conference who I know I have to go through just so I can get Ben who has not played in a year who is possibly like, like going through something that is keeping him off the court, um, which is I'm sure worrying some teams like, like you don't know what you're getting. It's been so long since he played. The last time he played was very bad. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's crazy to think that they would do it, but I also think like just the way Harden, operates Harden didn't demand a trade to one team last time I don't mm -hmm. think he, even if he was like I'm sick of Brooklyn I want out and he wanted to go somewhere else I don't think he would say I have it has to be Philly I think they'd say well we're not trading you to Philly what's your second choice and they'll get something else in a sign and trade I don't know I just have a hard time seeing Brooklyn not finding something better for them than facilitating a James Harden NMB team to exist while they still have Kevin Durant yeah, I would take Kyrie Irving. I would trade Ben for Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie's worth the risk, even though he can leave after a year, even though he's a big weirdo and we don't know what the hell's going on with if he's going to play. If you can find out he's going to play for you this year, yeah, I, I would. And, and he's not at least – I mean, I wouldn't believe him if you told me he's going to resign, but I would at least <laughs> – as long as he didn't say, I'm definitely not going to resign, I would be interested. Um, I would be very interested. I would – like I think one for one, if Ben's going to get vaccinated, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, it, it's I I kind of I kind of view it as like if that I don't really see it happening because we I feel like we would have heard more about it if it were a real possibility. But it it kind of feels like a get out of jail free card for the Sixers. Like someone 
someone else managed to have a stupider situation than you did somehow <laughs> with an even better player who fits your team better. And you can just swap them and everyone goes, all right, we're good. Um, it seems so perfect. Um, <clears throat> and I think for, for the Sixers, it would be like a dream come true way out of this situation. Like I, I understand that it then gives, you know, it makes the nets stronger because they're getting Ben as opposed to someone who's not playing, but it, it right now, the nets are already better than you. Um, like you're already kind of counting on something happening there, but you're also worse than a whole bunch of teams right now because Ben is not playing and you've got nothing for him. You, you add a star for a guy who's not playing. Yeah. If you add okay. Irving to this, to the team we have, who's here, yeah, maybe the Nets are still better. They're, the Nets are still better, right? They have, they got Ben to go with, with Harden and Durant. But like injuries happen. We're not rooting for them, but you want to be, you know, you want to be the second best team if you can, because, you know, they were hurt last year. The Bucs, the Sixers needed to be the second best team in the conference and they were not. And the Bucs were, and the Bucs won a title because of it. And so, yeah, I think that's a great position to be in. And it's, and the Nets would be favorites but you have still have a great shot to, to win a title if you could get Joel Embiid with Kyrie Irving, who's, who is much better than Ben, a much better fit than Ben, and solves a lot of the issues that we've had when Ben has been our primary ball. Emily, talk to me. James Harden and uh, Kyrie Irving, how do you feel about the recent rumors? I don't know. I don't really think James Harden is going to happen. I just don't Yeah. really think it is. I don't think about it much because I just don't think it's really possible. Um, I think about it all the time, but I also <laughs> think it's very possible. I know. Well, you love James Harden way more than I do. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I think about, I don't, what do I think about a lot? Mostly just like Harris's like eyes or something. No, not Tobias Harris's eyes. I think about I do think about the Jonas Brothers a lot. I think about if Joel Embiid is happy a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw he was watching F1 today, and I thought, oh, me and Joel both watch F1. That's cool. (laughs) Um, stuff like that. So, in terms of Kyrie, I don't. If Kyrie was not such a weirdo, like (laughs) yes, I would do it in a heartbeat. But I think that his weirdness and the way he handles himself is I just one I don't I can't deal with it again I can't go from one weird like weird situation (laughs) to another one I was gonna I'm not trying to be mean so I'm not gonna call everyone a weirdo I can't do it also like this isn't the first time that Kyrie is just like not decided he's not playing basketball so like correct then so say we trade him he says yeah i'm gonna play love basketball basketball is my favorite thing it's all i care about then he comes here and he does it again then we've got nothing no one is gonna no one is gonna take a third chance on this man do a large trade to get us a player for him when he's bailed on his teams multiple times i don't know if that's a risk i'm willing to take especially when there are other trades that we've mentioned before like uh much more like solid, reliable players that also make us better a la CJ McCollum, one of those trades, a guy that I don't think is going to bail on basketball, a guy who I think wants to play basketball and also who makes the Sixers better. But he's, um, so much, he's so much worse than Kyrie Irving. Yeah, but he's a lot better than a Kyrie Irving that's not playing basketball. And I don't know if I'm willing to take the risk. But so yeah, if, if there's a way that someone can be like, if you 
don't play basketball. Like, I don't know what it would take to put in his contract to like be certain that he's going to play basketball then maybe, but like, I don't know what that is. It's not money. They don't care about losing money. That's for sure. Cause they already have so much money. So but yeah. Ben, supposedly Ben is broke. I don't really believe that. I don't think that's no, actually kids. I don't think that's, do that one. he has like, can't, count we can't, can't do that can't, one. Can't do that one. Hey, Howard Eskin said not it. doing no. Howard Eskin reports. Can't do it. Hey, I said, I said, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, yeah, you bring up a good point because I, I, I forgot that there were like large chunks of the year last year that Kyrie was not playing. And then and he was back and he was playing like, and he was great. And he was really, he really good. Doesn't yeah. have valid reasons for not playing. And he's and that too. like, you know, all of those things. I'm not saying that, but I would just like, like someone who will play basketball for our basketball team. That is what I'm looking for is a player who is available. But ben, what is it? The best something is availability is availability. That's what I'm looking for right now. You know, um, I would love to know how Joel would feel about this question about with all the weird shit with Kyrie, like, cause, cause you cannot promise Joel anything with Kyrie that like Kyrie is exactly who you know him to be. And do you want to take that chance given his talent and given where Ben's value appears to be? And it's like, how do you feel about it? I would love to know his answer, you know? All right. Uh, you mentioned CJ, the trailblazers this week uh, fired Neil Olshay, who seemed like a real fuck face. And I think they, <laughs> they found out in their uh, uh, investigation that uh, he was indeed a fuck face. Um, so they fired him. And they have to. They have an interim GM now. And is this the man just, that went to bat for Chauncey Billups? Too? That's correct. And so... they, they they had the signal for when they asked one too many questions about his sexual assault. Uh, oh, right. Thing. He took a sip of water, and then they went ixnay on the questions. We're actually good on those. Things are bad. There, you know, they're only like one or two games under five hundred, which is probably like exactly what every single person would have predicted them to be. Like they're not that good, and they would not be that like. Look at their roster. What what would they be? Like a, a playing team? Yeah, probably a playing team. Like they're not that good. But they didn't see this coming. So, and then also there's all this like behind the scenes stuff with Olshay. So here's what has happened. Uh, uh, there are, now everybody's wondering. So Olshay was in love with CJ McCollum and, and just would never even consider trading CJ McCollum. Now people are wondering what's going to happen with Dane Willard, who has not talked. He's got an abdominal thing right now. You know, the question is what happens now in Portland? It seems like there should be some sort of sea change uh, over there. Jason Quick um, is a reporter for The Athletic who's talking about them and how like big moves need to happen over there because it's like, it's bad. Chauncey is, is not getting through to those guys. Nobody uh, seems to like each other over there after the game yesterday. The first game after this happens, they let up 145 to Boston and got the shit kicked out of them. Chauncey said after the game, I've never seen a team that needs its bench to inspire our starters. That shit is crazy to me. It's supposed to be the other way around, not going well. Um, uh, Bobby Marks of ESPN basically said that he would just trade Dame Lillard. He said that he was like, they're not winning a title. Trade Dame. Dame is 31. He was like, he's still like a top tier star. Like trade him, get what you can and like turn the page. Honestly, if I was running them, that's what I would do too. Because like, you're not winning a title, you know, even if you trade CJ plus, like you're not winning a title. Um, I, we probably all would do a Ben for CJ trade. Um, I don't know that Daryl would do that. I don't know that Portland is going to pivot to that. 
Um, I think CJ is really good. Stephen A. Smith was on ESPN and he said that um, New York is the one place that Dame Lillard would angle for if he eventually wanted to ask out. And he added that uh, there are people in his camp who would like him to give Philadelphia stronger consideration. I don't know that, you know, what uh, Stephen A. is something that we need to necessarily give a lot of weight to. Um, but, you know, it, it's like Damon CJ, and, and that's basically what we're talking about here. And the question is really like, do you think that this makes something meaningful happen now in Portland? I, I would think yes. Like, I think that this is a big domino that fell. And I think things are terrible over there with Chauncey and with everything that has happened in the last like six months. Um, I would guess that Dame doesn't ask for a trade so that they don't trade Dame. But I think probably everybody else is on the table, including CJ. Um, Emily, what would you think happens next in um, Portland? And do you think Daryl would be interested in a CJ trade? Um, yeah, I think I think Daryl would be interested in a CJ trade. Um, because I, I think a lot of I don't know. Sometimes I think a lot of Daryl's like big star hunting talk is just talk. Um, but then other times we've been holding out this long. Maybe it's not. What do I know? literally nothing um so but my other like then it gets weird because say everyone else is on the table and then they make all of these trades basically like build tear their team down to start back up and tank or whatever so then it's like all of these like assets and young guys and and dame and then then does dame want dame one out like then what happens but we've already made the trade so like do you wait it out i don't know exactly Right. Um, but also the whole New York thing, like what's the what's the New York Dame trade package look like? Like what well, does that's the thing, you know, and and honestly, like I don't know if anybody, no offense, all that reputable has mentioned the Knicks as a Dame thing. Um, but yeah, like what's the what's the trade from who's the big centerpiece? Not that Ben is necessarily like the bell of the ball right now, but like who's the big center rj barrett like I, I don't understand who portland is like clamoring for from the knicks yeah i don't understand um, why besides being in new york city which like it seems at least or at least being a nick has been passed up a few times by players that yeah people thought were going to go there i don't know the appeal of being there they're they were they had a good year last year randall doesn't look as good this year i don't know well and and it seems like last year was the time like after coming off of last year. Cause now this year, it seems like there's sort of math, like the starting lineup sucks and Tibbs feels like he's sort of grading on some people. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Dan, what do you think? What, what, like, what's your guess as to what's going to happen next in Portland? I just have a hard time seeing Lillard traded. If I were them, I think they should trade. It's like trade him while you could get like a great. I agree. I agree. Um, but you know, it's, it's hard to say because I think that teams don't usually do what fans would sit back and say, like, well, if you want to win a championship, you would definitely do this because it's not the only goal of organizations. The goal is to right. make money and uh, to put out a product that enough people want to see. Um, and I'm sure they're still selling lots of Damian Lillard jerseys. I, I still have a hard time seeing him ask out, even though there's, you know, I feel like maybe reports have picked up a little bit and uh, 
you know, the Olshay firing maybe means something, but I mean, for all we know, it could, that could be a reason for him to stay. Maybe him didn't like him. Like, I don't Who know. Knows, right. It's, it's impossible. It's impossible to say. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to do my best to enjoy the team that's here on the floor. And because last year, I feel like I let myself get so like, especially like beginning of the year. It's like, I was like, all right, James Harden's a sixer. Like, I'm like, I'm, I don't, I don't care about what's happening right now because like we're a piece away and he's the piece and we're going to get him. We didn't get him. Yeah. And it, it almost like, it felt like when he got traded to Brooklyn, it was like, it felt like you, one of your best players just like tore his ACL and was out for the year. Like that's how I felt about like, obviously no one was hurt. Like it's not, I'm not trying to be dramatic. Like it felt like, you know, but like this guy was a piece of our team for this year and now he's not, that's how it felt. Um, which I'm, I'm not doing that to myself this year. I'm not going to talk myself into Lillard being a sixer. I'm not going to convince myself that you know, Ben is coming back. Not that I really want him to, but like, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not banking on a Ben trade. Like I'm, I'm just going to operate like, you know, Daryl's going to hold him past the deadline. And that's my thoughts. And, oh, man. and any, anything else is going to be a bonus at this point, because I'm not going to set myself up to, to, you know, be disappointed by a team that, is what it is and might just always be this and not add a great player to it. Well, one more uh, quick thing before we welcome on Daniel Olinger, um, uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Liberty Baller Dave Early went out and got himself a scoop uh, that the Sixers, uh, basically one of the guys on this 30 player list that the Sixers uh, would take back for Ben in a Ben trade is Shea Gilgis-Alexander of the Oklahoma City Thunder point guard. Um, uh, Basically just said that Sixers are interested in him and Oklahoma City would figure in in some permutation of a Ben trade if they are interested. And uh, Dave does not have reporting necessarily on, you know, whether or not the Thunder would be interested in that. But there there were some scattered reports over the summer of basically uh, Jake Fisher, friend of the podcast, saying that uh, SGA was not completely unattainable. Um, I would do this in a second. He's great and very cool. Uh, another friend of the podcast, Tyler Tynes, interviewed him for GQ not that long ago. Excellent interview. Um, yeah, th- that would be great and good work by Dave. And that those are my thoughts. Anything, Dan, on that? Yeah, that'd be awesome. I don't really get, I mean, and uh, if I remember correctly, I think the way Dave phrased it was like, it would be Ben plus for for Shea but yeah. maybe not not like Damian Lillard plus but a bit no plus, like, a pick. Um, yeah I mean I would love to get him the Thunder without him lost by 73 to the Grizzlies without John <laughs> yeah holy shit uh, that was something so was something. yeah I mean I think he's a, a very very good player he's still very young um, like shockingly young considering that there were like reports that the Thunder think he's like too old for their timeline <laughs> Like he like he's actually young like when i was saying like you know sims is 25 he's not young anymore like no like he's young and there's already yeah. like they're they have like eight years of tank lined up he's washed up there's yeah. like no way to like make sense of nba ages like like joel and andre drummond are like the same age but i think andre drummond is like 17 years older than joel it's because he feels washed that's why because <laughs> uh, he's a former all-star who we're now just thrilled with when he can do anything off the bench. yes um but the um but yeah i mean it would obviously it would obviously be a trade i'd be interested in i'm not surprised sixers would i 
I, I, I understand, you know, we talked about it a bit in this, in this Slack and like, I, I, you know, on the surface, it seems like a weird deal. Like if Shay is too old for your timeline, like, why are you interested in Ben? And it seems like maybe they're interested in some kind of like, you know, the same Ben thing only two years older than Shay, just that way. Yeah, I mean, I think two years is a lot if Shay is already too old for you. Um, well, yeah, but I just not, mean in terms of like Ben being old, like two years. Isn't no, Ben's not old. Ben's yeah, not no. Old. But I think young, like Shay's probably in his last year being young. Like he's young still, though. But like, I mean, 23, like, well, I think once you get onto, you know, your second contract, I wouldn't really consider you young anymore, which Ben is on his second contract. He's multiple, he's, I think it's second year in to his second contract. Um, that's kind of, I think, a fair cutoff. I don't understand why they would they would do that unless they have an idea of like, well, we'll trade Ben for more later because Ben will right. Ben will play for us. He's not pad. There's so right. he'll you know he'll put us some triple doubles right. and you know we think we can you know still tank anyway and then even though Ben you know might be a bit of a floor raiser and then we'll we'll ship him off somewhere else because they'll see he's playing but they're still interested in him. And maybe you know he plays well, and they 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 can afford to take the risk of maybe he'll play well. And I don't know. I wouldn't give up on Shea at twenty twenty three, nope. but but if they if they want to do it, I would be thrilled to have. Emily, agree? Yeah, that's all I got. I like him. He's great. He's great. He's very cool. We are welcoming on to the podcast. This is a big return for Daniel Olinger. There he is. We've we've missed you around here. Welcome back. How are you, buddy? I'm pretty good. Uh, like I, I've been texting with Dad all day that I just got back from covering Northwestern's women's basketball game against Wisconsin. One again, go Northwestern. Wow. Go Cats. Go Cats. I, I was just going to say, I'm going to let Danny V go ahead and take take this away. And, uh, I wonder where this is going considering he's wearing his pit shirt. Yes. <laughs> and his pit undies, he told us earlier. So, yeah, you guys can I, go ahead oh and my, say whatever I, you want. That's I'm not concerned true. that he owns them. <laughs> no, I don't own pit undies, but I should, actually. That's a good idea. Uh, I, I've been a bit distracted all day, I have to admit. I, uh, there's a lot of work I needed to get done, and I've been doing it slower than I'd like because uh, there was a big football game last night. Dan never believed in Kenny. I tried to tell him. I, I tried said to Kenny tell him. was good. I, I've t- I agreed that Kenny Pickett was good. Kenny Pickett, let me tell you something, is the best quarterback in college football. He should win the Heisman. I mean, Bryce, Bryce Young is the best quarterback in college football. No, no. And, and I'll tell you this. Kenny Pickett would be by far the best quarterback on the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, so with like 40 other quarterbacks college in the NFL right now. That is true. <laughs> like the Eagles, the, the quarterback is one of the Eagles' positions of weakness at the moment. So but but listen, I saw you tweeting last night that you're uh you're ready to use a first round pick on Kenny because of the beautiful fake slide. Oh the fake slide fake slide was cool. That's the one thing I've seen. Fake fake slide was cool. That's the coolest thing ever. I've always like that's one of those things you always think of wishing you could do. Or like, I swear I thought Mike. I think Michael Vick might have done it like one time when he was with the Falcons. But it's like such a cool idea to like just completely prey on that instinct of defenders. And I know the defense former NFL defensive players on Twitter were very like, oh, that's kind of unfair to the defense because they're taught like, oh, we have to completely let up as soon as he slides. But still, it was so cool for him the moment to see that. uh, it's really hard to trust a quarterback who wears two gloves. Well, his uh, that, hands are small. Let him be. Oh, he's got small hands. People hate yeah. that in college quarterbacks, right? I know. I mean, Jared Goff has small hands, if you want to parallel. 
That's not great. Stop it. Stop. One today, though. That's not why he's bad. That's not why Jared Goff is bad. Jared Goff is bad. It could be another reason why he's bad. Because he sucks at everything. That's a a problem, usually. (laughs) He seems like a nice guy. Well, there you go. At least he's, having, think at least that, he's having fun out there. That, the, he seems like a nice guy needs to be outlawed on this podcast. Because, <laughs> because you know what? Maybe they're not a nice guy. So what if Tobias is a real jerk? Who knows? He's probably oh, not. Give him something. Then I'll be out on him. Then I'll be out on him. <laughs> well, yeah, then, then you I'm only him. fans of nice guys. Yeah. Hey, Dan, you work for like the fucking CIA or something, right? You can't talk about basketball at all. Uh, that's not how. That's not exactly how it works. <laughs> but, I mean, there's several things inaccurate about what you just said. But um, uh, with the SIS Sports Info Solutions, and I, I can talk about some things basketball. Okay, um, but but in term, you you you're not going to opine too much about the Sixers or anything like that. No. What about I, the Eagles? Oh, I am very much down to talk about the Eagles. Uh, I did not get to watch the game day because again I was working covering Northwestern's game but I was looking over the box score uh mm-hmm. a, maybe that's a good way to do it you guys tell me what, how should I feel about the birds today after their win win's a win like what happened I thought it was Emily? fun the defense fun. was terrible yeah they there was Zach, no defense they made in Zach the game Wilson look like not Zach Wilson which is a problem <laughs> so. yeah but the 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 offense was fun. I like when they score points, which doesn't hasn't been happening. So it was mm-hmm. fun for them to do that. I thought not that I'm saying I want more of it, but for one one game sample size, I thought Gardner Minshew was fun. Gardner's- he like dressed like a guy from Top Gun yeah. on the way into the game, and he was like, I watched a video of him being super psyched with his dad post game, yes. and just yeah, really love that. So he seems like a nice guy, <laughs> and. I'm into it. My dad noted that he has a porn stash. I said, yep, that's a thing. Oof. Well, well, I, I, was, every, I was not sure stash was the next word there. Everyone has noted that. That's like the first thing that pops out about Gardner yeah. Minshew when you yeah, see him. But you think my dad who like, my dad doesn't know who Gardner Minshew is. He knows the starting quarterback and like what he sees on the TV. He's not doing too much research into third string quarterbacks. He lives two hours away. He's a little far out. He doesn't do third string quarterback research. I think that the the takeaway from this game should be you see Gardner Minshew throw the ball. He has a, not a strong arm. And he's accurate. He's not strong. He's at least strong. He's, he is accurate. And it, I think it shows how low of a bar people have talked themselves into with quarterback play in the city. Yeah. And it has been so frustrating. Like, if you like the guy, fine. You can like whoever you want. You can be a fan of any player. They don't have to be good for you to like them. But stop telling me that Jalen Hurts is good because he's horrible and he can't throw the ball. And he's a good runner, which is, like, nice. That'd be nice if he could throw, which he can't. No, yeah, what Jalen Hurts is, is, like, he's a good – if Jalen Hurts is your backup, that's great because Jalen can come in. He has something that he is – outlier really really good at he is mm-hmm. one of the best running quarterbacks in the nfl and he can make enough throws that he can put stress on the defense but yeah that's the thing it's like that's like oh our quarterback is injured this week jalen we might still win this game or like mm-hmm. you know our quarterback goes down for a little bit or we need him a drive like yeah that's the whole thing jalen it's like yeah there's nothing jalen hurts is what most guys who quarterbacks who are picked outside the first round are which is like a backup yeah and he's a great backup 
but like that's still again not what you're going for and like that's probably what Gardner Minshew is too like a great backup if you have him but yeah. again this is the Eagles problem where they won the Super Bowl of a backup quarterback and they talk so instead of having a starting quarterback we'll have two great backups <laughs> that'll show them so, <laughs> that'll show them so for the playoff stretch here obviously big run coming up yeah, do you guys have numbers. a preference yes do you have a preference on it seems like uh, Sirianni said after the game that it'll be uh Jalen which I don't have any problem with like I don't think the long-term answer is either of these guys I don't necessarily have a problem with continuing to give the snaps to Hurts do you do you guys see that it's like imperative or feel that it's imperative to play like Minshew I, I do think he's probably a better thrower but like Dan Olinger do you do you have a preference there I mean, like that assumption is based. So we're assuming the Eagles fight their way to the seven seed here, and like that means hey, probably, hey, babe, they're in the seven yeah. seed right no, no, now. I, I, th- no, I think it's very possible. But the thing is, then we're assuming they're playing like the Packers or the Cowboys True. in the first yes. round. It's that assumption, like oh, it doesn't matter which quarterback they play. Would assume that they like <laughs> could actually throw with the team they're playing against, yes. which they won't be able to. True. So I actually think you probably, at least in that situation, if you want to pull the upset, go with Jalen and just hope like. Like the Packers run defense is usually what their worst thing is. Like maybe hope you can just shred the Packers, hold the ball the entire time. It's like, again, like you're not going to out throw these teams. They're better than right. you. So you might as well just try that. Like, yeah, you know, like that's what I'm saying. Like at least Jalen, like maybe, maybe Jalen just has an incredible running day and it's really bothersome for the team. You can beat them like that. But because it's not going to be like, oh my gosh, Gardner Minshew threw for 450 yards and Rodgers only had 250. Like right. that's not, what, that's not what's going to happen. So Right. Yeah, I would probably just like go with Jalen, but I mean, ultimately, it's just it would be nice to make the playoffs just because it is fun, even like to ha- give yourself the illusion that you have a chance, even though they don't, and they'll probably get waxed by whoever they play in that game. But <laughs> like, yeah, I'm much more um, concerned, much more concerned about what they do with those three picks that are probably going to be in the sure. 20 range. Yeah, Russell Wilson, bit of a weirdo online. Uh, Dan and Emily, do you guys do you guys have a preference about down the stretch here, uh, Jalen or Minshew? I I mean I guess play Jalen. Like I think of they're equally good, and I, I I think that you like I think that it's there's value to be gotten for Jalen if you're like we're either going to draft or go acquire an actual starting quarterback, and if you're equally fine with Minshew or Jalen as your backup, which I would love that love either of them as the long-term backup. Right. It's great. So, so then trade one of them, trade whichever one you can get more for, which is going to be Jalen. So let him play. Don't, you know, tank his value by saying you think Minshew is better than him. You don't have to admit that. Trade, trade both of them. So you clear out room for Kenny, Kenny two gloves. Now, Kenny's the starter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Ken, no, but Kenny doesn't need a backup. We don't need to put any pressure on him. So. Just, oh okay yeah, yeah i mean an extra extra roster spot with no backup i think it's a new market inefficiency <laughs> if, if gardner Minshew is putting pressure on you you're just not doing a good enough job so i'm not worried about i'm not worried about that because if if there's like if there's like reasonable calls to start gardner Minshew over you then like maybe you you shouldn't be the starter so I it's mean, fine an argument in favor of kenny is that he played at the usually offensively challenged under the usually offensively challenged Pat Narduzzi, famous for the one game against Penn State where he wasn't it four minutes left against Penn State down seven. He tried to kick a field goal from the one. Yes, and they missed. But and it was the yeah, same keeper who missed who missed the two. Yeah, I know. I know. But also, it's, 
it's also like it's like these coaches do they ever take a math class or like just understand like how these things work like it doesn't do anything i cut off emily because i know it's her turn to answer oh, no i don't really have anything important to say i don't really hey care. hey be nice to my friend emily won't you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah pitt i think pitt has like a, a it's not like he's playing with scrubs like Jordan Addison's fantastic. He has like a real case for being the best receiver in the country. But I mean, Ohio State probably has the two best receivers in the country. I mean, they might, but Addison is, I believe, leading leading the country in yards and yeah. touchdowns. No, Pitt can definitely beat Michigan State. Like Michigan State oh, yeah. is not Michigan State is not that again. Michigan State let Northwestern hang around. Like at the beginning, people thought North, Northwestern might be okay. Michigan State would be bad. And Michigan State only beat them by 17, and Northwestern is trash. So like only by 17. That's a tough year, dude. So Michigan State's only like above trash. So like you should be able to beat them. Um no, yeah, nor I don't know if you you guys made the widest wise decisions to not keep up with Northwestern football this year. Well the yeah, one year like, I didn't. Damn. Yeah, I, really dang. I, I usually <laughs> you do. Got, you got out at the right time, Emily, because uh <laughs> three and nine lost their last four games by I think like combined hundred points. Um we got Jesus Christ. Got absolutely rinsed by Illinois, forty-seven to seven. Isn't Illinois awful? Illinois is five and seven. Yeah, um, they were down thirty-seven to seven and a half. It was bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, like they. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, you got you got it at the right time, but uh, no, yeah, Pitt can definitely win that game. Like like I said, so there are three picks. Which the worst the thing that's bumming me out about this NFL season now is that the Dolphins are now good again. So that pick isn't yeah. gonna be great, and the Colts are good too. So again, we're looking at like three picks from the 10 to 20 range. Right. So like I've I've talked myself into like Kyle Hamilton's not gonna fall that far. He's the safety from Notre Dame, who's an absolute stud. So basically, I would say one defensive player, because they definitely need like especially either a linebacker or like a corner slash safety, just someone for the back seven, because their back seven's terrible. I do want another receiver. I would prefer whichever of Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson from Ohio State is still there, because they're both studs. And then honestly, if the third one's Kenny Pickett, like if he's still there, no one, if no one's taking the quarterbacks and that's like, if you have three first round picks, you don't trade up and you take a swing on one. I'm fine with that. Like go for that. That's fine. But also don't get too attached because in case you're like really bad next year, like the class after Stroud and Bryce Young are going to go like one and two because they're both, they're both probably French. They're, they're the next two, like, Oh, these might be franchise quarterbacks kind of guys. So maybe you just wait for that. But, um, yeah, like again, I, if they don't have to trade up too much for him, I'm fine with taking Kenny Pickett, like in the mid first round. Dan Olinger, are you at liberty to predict the week's wins and losses for the Sixers? I don't think I could give reasons why, but I'll just no, say win you or can loss. you can simply say win or loss. I'll go, I'll go. I think I'm good for that. Yeah. All right. Emily, first, can you please update the standings? Yeah. So last week, as we all picked the exact same thing, so <laughs> that right. there would be no movement in the standings Variety at all. here on the Gastro Blues mm-hmm. podcast. I get to pick, I get to pick last today. All yes, right. you do. Yes, yeah. you do. So we all went two and one um, because the Sixers sucked in the weirdest game ever against Boston. Um, so right now, Steve is in the lead at 13 and 10. Then I am behind him at 12 and 11. And Dan is two games behind me at 10-13. The Sixers had a weird game against Boston. That's never happened before. <laughs> That's right. Um, so this week, the Sixers play at Charlotte twice. It should be noted 
that uh, LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier are now in the health and safety protocols as uh, I believe they have contracted COVID-19. And I, uh, I believe at least like one Like the Joel two... kind or the LeBron kind? That's my question. Ooh, the fishy, something fishy going on. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to tell. Uh, we'll see, keep an eye, I'll put on their tweet notifications. We'll find <laughs> out. Um, but, but LeBron, meanwhile, we should say, because we mentioned this last week, the fishes were right because LeBron <laughs> got himself out of the protocols. Somehow. He had himself tested out the wazoo and he's out and he played and lost against the Clippers. So congrats, LeBron. Happy the tests that are really weird though. Positive. Yeah. Because you can test positive for three months after having COVID. So it's very strange yes. how the rules are. Very odd. Uh, Emily's still asking questions, doing her own research. I love it. Um, all right. First to end accounts, you know. <laughs> so. All right, uh, the Sixers, so they played twice at Charlotte, uh, Monday and Wednesday. Hopefully they're testing Charlotte all the time so that the Sixers don't have another COVID issue. The Sixers, I believe, have had players miss 27 games so far. That's impossible. 27 combined games among players on the team. You guys get what I'm oh, saying. Wow. And then they play Utah at home and Golden State at home. Uh, so it's Charlotte twice, and then Utah and Golden State at home. Dan Olinger, please, just wins and losses here in a four-game week for the Sixers. Hmm. Both games against Charlotte are wins, but the second one feels gross. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Utah. Utah's like a really fun win. And then Golden State, they lead by 23 and lose. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Ow. He spiced it up. Love it. Wow. <laughs> and I, okay. when I'm talking about second Charlotte win is gross, I mean really gross. Like it, it'll feel like a loss, even though they right. say W. You're talking about like James Booknight has 45 points. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, but like, like when you eat something, like, oh, I can't believe I ate that. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So I will go next. I will say I've got a 4 0 week here. I've got. Sixers get both wins here against Charlotte, a depleted Charlotte. Now, honestly, if they, I'm closest to picking a Sixers loss at Charlotte in one of these games because it's most Sixersy to drop one of these depleted I'm, Charlotte. I'm games. telling you, it's a gross, disgusting win. Yeah, that's what it I'm is. T- one of these games is a sleepwalking. Holy shit, we lost this game. Miles Bridges killing them. Um, but I think they escape. I I think they beat Utah because I think. Joel really wants to beat Rudy Gobert and, uh, and Ni- the- Niang is talking spicy about Gobert in the press. I love it. And because Philadelphia as a city is closer to God. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I don't really have a reason why they'll beat Golden State, but that is my prediction. Emily. Um, yeah, so I also have a four in a week. Oh, um, <laughs> so me because... and you just predicted seven straight wins. Great. Yeah, it's fine. Um, one, because I, the only reason I'm picking up four in a week is because the Sixers really boned me on the, my last wedding weekend and I have another wedding weekend coming up. And so I think they need to redeem themselves. Wait, is that so, this coming weekend? It is December 10th. Yes. Emily. Is wedding, is wedding part two. Uh-huh. We spent this whole time talking about Kenny Pickett's hand size. We don't, we already, we are, you already live podcasted my first one. We, we don't need to talk about my second one. Is there a stream link? There's not. It's just a party. There's no, there's nothing. And that's on Saturday. And are that's we doing on Friday. On Sunday. That's on Friday. Oh my on God. Friday. So they're we booking to wear. my weekend. It's hard to remember because we weren't invited. It's, it's not exactly on the calendar. Um, <laughs> wow. All right. Well, this is very exciting. 
All right. Um, yeah. So they lost to the Pelicans on my actual wedding. And so I, they're going to make it up to me by winning against the Jazz and Golden State on the days of this weekend. Um, even though there's going to be a lot of Golden State fans there on Saturday, because I'm looking at tickets right now and the cheapest ones are like $145. Mm-hmm. But you can go on Thursday for $16. Huge. Um, yeah. And Charlotte's not that good. And if Lamelo's not playing... Um, and now J- Joel played better in that second half against the Hawks. And I think he's going to get back in his stride and I, I feel good about it. So yeah. let's see what happens. Dan Vopone, do you choose to make a move here on the standings? I do. I do choose. Oh, baby. Uh, because if you have to take baby steps, there's a lot of time left in the season, but it's a three and one week with a loss to the Warriors. So. Okay. Three and one week loss to the Warriors. Okay. Week. Before we get out of here. Dan O, is there anything that we can promote for you or uh, get out there for the people? We really miss you around Liberty Ballers in the Slack, in our hearts. Not that you've ever left our hearts, but we do miss you. Miss you on the Talking About podcast with Sean. We want sort of a behind the music to find out, you know, if there's any animosity there, any rancor, what the fuck happened with you and Sean. I'm kidding. But uh, how are you and, and where, what can people know about you and where to find you? Sean controls all of my debt. That's why. (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah, it's a conservatorship. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, Probably all you can promote for me probably is the, probably my Twitter at Dan underscore Olinger. Uh, Still tweeting, uh, not usually about basketball. Northwestern basketball, a decent amount. Um, A lot about about football. You'll see, there'll usually be an occasional go birds. Uh, I'm sure I'll scream about something when the Eagles take, who's, what Eagles pick would make me most mad. When the Eagles take another defensive tackle with the 15th pick, like that, that, that I remember that's a guy everybody didn't want them to take last year. Well, the problem is that they have the defensive line is like the one thing that's like already good. They're good at that already. They don't need right. more. Yeah. If if, if, and if if the whole purpose of the football was just have a great defensive line, we'd be awesome. But it is not, sadly. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I, I still miss being on Liberty Ballers. Uh, still love, love you guys uh, too. Uh, also, I did want to mention when you said we you like joked about not cutting me out of your hearts. It did remind me of the first time I left for college and came back my family. So there was this picture of me, like this portrait that was my senior photo from high school. And they just said on like a, like a, like some kind of thing, like behind like the dinner table. And my brother also had like gotten my mom some of this sort of like candle holder thing. It was like this big, like dark purple thing. And they put it next to it. And the way I could describe this is like, Basically, when I walked into the room, it looked like they had set up a memorial for me, like I had died. Right. <laughs> wow. Like, yeah, I was like, guys, I was only gone for two and a half months. Jeez. Like, I, I FaceTimed you last week. <laughs> what happened here? <laughs> so I'm glad, like, coming every day. Come on. I'm glad, like, I didn't op- open up Liberty Ballers page and see, like, a photo of me and say, like, gone but not forgotten. Right, right. Um, like, as a post. Can we get a picture of this memorial? <laughs> I can probably find the photo that it was right. yeah it's a photo though very it's also a photo that very much looks like oh that's like that's the person who died photo right yeah wow wow well, glad, well, you're still with us. Dad, glad you're still with us and thank you for coming to hang out for a little while it's really good to see you of course guys emily uh so i don't know if we'll do a midweek pod we will let you know uh maybe after the second charlotte game uh i don't know it's a big week for all of us here it's really just going to be if we feel like it, right? Like it's going to be, uh, as always, it's if we feel uh, like it. 
that's, the, that's the tough part I, sometimes i think our celtics pod was ill-advised i think i just said that game was weird and stupid like 40 times it was probably yeah. really good content you're correct that's what um, you get on the other feed but on our own feed. the good stuff right. the the best of the best we're, um, we're saving it the good stuff <laughs> <laughs> hey follow the follow that feed for that kind of content uh, the Gastro and Trice Blues, uh, the uh, Gastro Blues pod, third and girl. Uh, Emily, if we don't do a midweek pod, have a wonderful time. Our love Thank to you. Jordy and both of your families. We will see you there, of course. Dan, uh, best of luck. <laughs> we're coming. <laughs> it's fine. There's extra plates. People have already said they can't come. So We're quick. We can get past the bouncers. Uh, no Dan, bouncers. best of luck uh, in your exam this week. Um, two, two exams. I wasn't even talking to you, but good good luck to you in your all exams. Dance, as well. good luck. All, um, all dance have exams. Best luck, best of luck to all dance with exams. Um, thank you to Drew, as always, who helps us out with the audio and the video and all that kind of stuff. And we love you and we thank you for listening. And uh, go Sixers and be safe and be great. And goodbye to everyone.